Hi, this is David Key. At Quo, we've worked for the last 20 years with many of the world's best-known travel brands. During this unprecedented global crisis, our world of travel has changed, possibly irreversibly. This series will see us speak with many global leaders to understand how they see the future of travel. Good afternoon, Patrick Basset. Welcome to the future of travel. Patrick is the uh, Chief Operating Officer for Northeast and Southeast Asia for Accor Asia Pacific. Patrick, hi. Yes, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for being with us as usual. I'm with Catherine Montien-Vicienchai, our Chief Branding Officer. Patrick, how are things in the region? Well, we are still learning to cope with the situation. When this uh, crisis it hit us from the month of February, mostly in uh, this part of the world, uh, really uh, it, it is ground zero in terms of uh, what we have to do, and we have to react very, very fast. All right? I think uh, the situation in terms of the, uh, the business itself, first quarter for Accor worldwide is something like 23% down on our REFPA, uh, and uh, April, we thought April would be March and April, gradually the worse, and then uh, may, maybe in May, recovery. It seems that in this part of the world, May is going to be pretty slow also. And unfortunately, we are not seeing the, uh, the end of the tunnel yet. We see some maybe lights appearing somewhere, but we can't see the end of the tunnel, right? So very difficult, and then uh, we have to deal with the situation on a case-by-case case case basis. Just briefly for you, uh, Accor is 5,000 hotels in the world, and we at one stage at 3,200 hotels closed in the world. In my region only, I have 240 hotels, and uh, I had 117 hotels closed at the peak of the, of the situation. From last week, we have had uh, five hotels reopening, so slowly. And do you? it must be incredibly difficult for you to try and navigate a future where every country is at, is at a very different stage, every government is at a diff, in imposing different restrictions, managing the crisis in different ways. How are you and your team able to cope with that? I think we are on a constant alert on to try to source uh, reliable information. Uh, what we know uh, is that we, we have uh, near over 400 hotels in China, and China was the country, the first country to, to come out, maybe is a big word, but at least, you know, to resurface. Uh, and uh, so we, we are looking, of course, closely what is happening in, in China in terms of recovery, in terms of activity. We now have virtually all our hotels open again in China. So next for us, we are looking in the direction of uh, South Korea and Vietnam which are the two countries which also uh, are coming out quicker than other countries in, uh, in Asia-Pacific, all right? Uh, in Korea in particular, uh, we have uh, 28 hotels and we have eight hotels closed, uh, but we can see now the domestic activity really starting to kick in. So that's something that we are looking at and we are using these hotels as a benchmark to start to prepare our new standards, if I can say. And the other countries, of course, is Vietnam, which seemingly seems to have a really 
control the situation better than most other countries, uh, with no new cases for the last few days, and uh, life uh, re restarting, restaurants opening, domestic flights uh, resuming also, connectivity. So, yeah, we are looking in this direction today and uh, to see, um, you know, what and how and how fast the situation could improve. But basically, uh, we see the situation uh, resuming very, very gradually. Today, nobody can, can say if the situation, the crisis will last uh, six months, 12 months, 18 months. It's impossible to say. Uh, the best guess we can, we can have today is maybe to think and to hope that uh, by the last quarter of 2021, we should be back uh, on the type of activity that we had in 2019, right? So you have at least two years affected. By how much, it's impossible to say. Uh, how fast the recovery will be, we don't know. But what we are uh, planning today is a recovery plan based on three stages. Obviously, the first, uh, as far as the hospitality is concerned and the FNB is concerned, the first, uh, the first uh, market which will obviously uh, restart with is the domestic market. Uh, and this is already happening. Uh, this, it has happened in Korea with Golden Week. It has happened over the weekend of the 1st of May also in Vietnam. We saw that. Uh, it is slowly happening also in, uh, in Thailand. So we are now planning... Uh, some uh, promotion or some on the on the on the commercial activity uh, to 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 kickstart. We haven't we have not really put a date on it yet. Uh, was hoping that by early May, mid May, we could see uh, more activity. It doesn't seem to be the case. Now we're looking at early June today. The fact is that we completely depend on government decision, and government decision are very different from one country to another. Although there is various level of confinement of people. And very, very different, sometimes on a voluntary basis, like in Japan, or on a very strict basis, like in the Philippines. Uh, the fact is that as long as people uh, feel there is a risk or are guided to stay home, our business cannot start again. All right. So if I talk about Thailand in particular, obviously, we are very happy to see the government uh, allowing some type of business to open, resume, restaurants in particular, restaurants with, uh, without air conditioning, with a terrace. It's already, you know, first daylight for us. And we have reopened, for example, our brasserie on Sofitel Sukhumvit uh, last Sunday. It was, it was great to see 30 customers in, uh, in this restaurant for a long time. So, so we are really looking for all these positive issues and positive uh, actions, I would say, all over the place. How much do you think the consumer has changed or is changing? Yes, definitely. The, the, the consumer is, uh, uh, is changing and perhaps even more in some countries in, uh, in Southeast Asia uh, due to the fact that uh, with the confinement, they have to change their habits. They have to continue to live. They have to continue to be informed. And I think they have very, very heavily re, uh, you know, relied on, the, on social media to communicate, on, uh, on, uh, obviously on the virtual communication line or to be able to continue working from home. But also, I think uh, going massively into online purchase, in online uh, purchase also. Uh, so I, I believe that that will affect definitely the way people will, uh, at least for the first six months, uh, live. Uh, they've they've uh, taken new habits. They've probably discovered some new convenient way to live also. And I, I believe that some of this will uh, will stay with them. 
Uh, I don't believe personally that the world will change completely. You know, some uh, people are very extreme with that, uh, you know, saying that uh, the planet will reinvent itself. You know, I, I unfortunately believe that we have to be a bit more realistic. The human uh, race and the humans are who they are. And I think once there is less, much less uh, constraints, they will go back to the way they like to live. But yes, I would say if I were to put a percentage on the, on what could change, definitely uh, at least 20% of the, the behavior will, will change and will be adapted. Um, Patrick, your, your global CEO, Sebastian Bazan, has been very present. He's been giving regular messages, video messages, um, talking about how you're looking after your teams, uh, talking about you know, the future and seeing, like you just said, seeing some light at the end of this tunnel. How has it been to be part of this huge global uh, hotel group, being part of Accor, and, and, and how have you been looking after your teams within this region? Yes, I think uh, I have to say, and uh, I am I'm very proud with the way uh, uh, our board, Sebastian Bazin, our board has reacted to that, because our shareholders have, uh, have uh, agreed to put together a 70 million euro fund to support uh, our employees. And I think the first message from Sebastian Bazin, which came out, our president, is to say, we look after our people first, right? And I think this is so, so, so important. So today, a major part of what my team and I are doing is really looking after our people during this hard time. So fortunately, we can uh, we can be uh, uh, very proactive with people in need, and we are really looking at every single hotel. I have 27,000 employees in my region, for example. I can tell you that uh, we are looking at every single employees and looking at those who are really in a dire situation because we don't know this unless we ask, but some people have terrible family uh, situation to face and uh, are really in need. You're talking about survival for some people, right? And the issue is that we don't know how much this will last. So I think this is something which is really, really uh, very, very important to us. Okay. So communicating, be with our people, support our people and do whatever we can. Not alone, of course, we have to work with our partners. As you know, uh, we, our hotels, uh, we have partners and the owners in our hotels and we spend a lot of time with them and, and, uh, asking for their generosity. And uh, this is a case, in, this is most of the time the case uh, in accepting to support financially the, the, the employees during this, this, uh, this tough time. But I, I think, aside of that, I think uh, we, we, we are constantly looking you know, at, uh, at, 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 uh, at the future. And uh, today, I think, Sebastian is saying, and I think he's right, it is perhaps not the time now to take a radical decision with regards to the future, because it's much too early. But I think it's important for us to be constantly aware of, uh, of be behavior of our customers, right? As you know, we have launched last year something called the, the, uh, the, the all, uh, I call limitless uh, new loyalty platform. And this is really meant to be uh, uh, enriching and enlarging the experience our customers can have on the Accor platform. And I believe that today with the, the kind of behavior we see from our customers in our hotel, like for example, looking at Korea, Japan, and also in, uh, in Bangkok, our hotels are being used for staycation much more than before. How some uh, families or some people are actually renting rooms to work away from the office, but not work from home because it is too not convenient. I'm thinking in particular, we have a hotel in, uh, in uh, Tokyo, the Pullman Tamachi, which is a huge success with people coming to work at the hotel, renting space in the hotel. So I think today 
early to say, basically, that we are already starting to work on, for example, more uh, flexibility, adaptability in the space we have in hotels. How can lobby can quickly be turned around? How Meeting room, we've talked about this for a long time already, and I think we've done a lot in the past, but today we are really thinking also how to, what is the concept of a room which is much more adaptable? Can you, can you can switch? Of course, you wouldn't be able to install a kitchen suddenly in a room like that. It's not possible. But in terms of uh, working, in terms of uh, uh, doing some specific courses, uh, wellness, fitness, whatsoever, you know, some activity in rooms, definitely we can do a lot. And we are, we are thinking about that. We are not yet, of course, we are far from having uh, uh, taken or close to conclusion on what we need to do or what can be done. But we have a lot of uh, thinking about this and anticipating what needs to be done in the future. Right. So given what you're saying, do you think post-crisis this will lead to a greater drive for entrepreneurial thought, for greater innovation, for just a, a very different approach to how you think about hotels and operations in, in the future? And if yes. I can just jump on that and just say that will, can Accor be more nimble, be more agile going forward? And is this a lesson? Is this a lesson from that? Look, uh, I, I think agility is a, is a key word uh, for, for ACOR already for a number of years. Uh, our chairman has always said, you know, we need to be agile. We need to be really, and I think agile has, has demonstrated that in the past few years. I mean, we were probably the first hospitality company to appoint a chief disrupting disruptor officer, right? So we have a team in Paris. We are looking, we've been looking at opportunity. We are we are, you know, uh, actually sponsoring uh, uh, young entrepreneurs coming up with great ideas, which might not be uh, uh, with ideas which could be implemented maybe in five years from today. But we believe there's a potential. I think what is important for Accor also, we don't want to be seen as this large enterprise, you know, public company with hundred thousand and uh, several hundred thousand employees. We want to be seen as being very, very close to the market and understand. That's why. Personally, I and my colleague CEO and the CEOs, we we are we are active also in the business community, and we are very happy to participate in forum where we can exchange. A uh, couple of weeks ago, for example, I was invited to participate in a in a forum with Chamber of Commerce, and most of the people present in this discussion were actually young entrepreneurs who are suffering today, but continue investing and continue working in the future, and spontaneously, you know, just be, by being there, I already identified two. Uh, ideas that uh, we could implement better in our hotels. The first one is to be able to rely much more in the future on organic food, right? And I think in this part of the world, we are still very much in areas to, in comparison to what's been done in Europe or Australia or US. So there are already, uh, you know, quite a few companies producing great food in uh, organic food in Thailand. The second thing also is that obviously we have to learn in terms of agility, we have to learn how to control cost to be able to maintain profitability for our owners. And today, as we are moving towards a gradual reopening and probably with fewer guests in our restaurants, for example, does it make sense you know, to have a full kitchen uh, staff back in, in working behind the, the, the cooking stove? You know? uh, or is it better to find maybe some local solutions with some ready-made food? In the future, for example, we believe we might have to have room service offering in every segment of hotel. We don't know if this is possible, but why not? And of course, we don't have room service in Anibis. 
or we don't have a room service in uh, Joe and Joe. But with companies, you know, with uh, using uh, a delivery service to a hotel, we could actually provide this kind of service to customers who don't who wants to be isolated in their rooms and not in a public space. So these are kind of ideas that we are looking at and we are developing already. And the openness of the uh, of Accor as a, as, as a management company suggests even things as you're as you're suggesting, say for food and beverage to outsource would be something which is is why not right i mean maybe pre pre-crisis that wasn't something that would be considered but as a function of the crisis as a function of the future um all forms of whether it's entrepreneurial activity in terms of as i say outsourcing food or coffees or or whatever it is you would consider well we know we 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 actually have considered that for a number of years uh, we were not against that uh, we have uh, thousands of restaurants all over the world, and we have a division. Uh, and the uh, F&B is a great part of our revenue for Accor. Uh, however, I think we constantly need to adapt to the market and adapt right. to customer needs. You cannot have the answer for every single uh, demand from customers, right? And I think, especially if you talk about maybe an economy or mid-scale hotels, we have absolutely nothing against having a hotel with uh, or renting a space to a third-party operator or actually sourcing the food to a, to a local producer, for example, right? So this is something that we are const, com, completely open to. Of course, in some of our, uh, some of our more uh, iconic hotels, uh, we want to have the best restaurants. We want to have, we need to have Michelin star restaurants, which is managed by our people. And we'll continue doing that. But I think what is important for us, as I said, is to have an, uh, an answer for every segment, for, for every type of customers. So we are really open and this is, Again, uh, 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 answering in a very agile, in a very agile way to to the needs. So, uh, over the past few years, obviously, Aqua has been shifting towards a more B two C focus, right? Towards a more consumer, a bigger yeah. consumer presence. Um, what is the role or the balance of Aqua now versus your your many brands, particularly given the fact that during this crisis, a lot of thing, a lot of the efforts and, and work we've been doing has been driven from the top. Yes, I think, you know, I think so for the last few years, the, the key strategy for Accor has been to develop uh, our, our more, our direct business, what is our direct business through our loyalty base. And I think now we have something like 60 million loyal customers and plus over 100 with us who are partner was in China. Uh, and I think this is definitely our priority is to enlarge this platform. And this is why I was talking before uh, the reason why we are enlarging the platform, which is called All Today. Uh, but I think we need to be relevant, right? Today, uh, if you look at the direct uh, customers uh, booking in our hotels, it, it's it's very difficult to put an average. I can give you an average for my region, for example, but it's anywhere between 30 to 70% of our hotel business, right? Depends on location, depending on type of customers, uh, depending, uh, yeah, exactly, the destination. Uh, I think it's important to continue to be relevant to each specific hotels, right? Uh, today, uh, well, in the near future, uh, the next six months, the priority is going to be a domestic market, right? So domestic market, every different needs. Uh, obviously, ties in our, in our hotels, we expect uh, maybe uh, a different type of, of food uh, in our restaurants, for example, right? Uh, so we have to adapt on that, right? So uh, we need to be constantly relevant, uh, as you rightly say, uh, 
it is very important. And I think we have an advantage because we are a global company. We can decide to define new standards. And I can, for example, give you talk about how we plan to reopen our hotel and what we are going to implement in hotels. I think we all know that uh, the key to bringing customers through our doors in the future is to reassure the people. To reassure the people that uh, when they will walk through the door of an Ibis or a Sofitel, uh, they can be, they will be safe. Uh, so we are now working on implementing uh, new standards. Uh, we call it the 16 commitments. I cannot say too much about this. It's coming out in a few days, actually. We'll be having a, a label. Uh, so hotels will be labelized, you know, that they are safe. And I think this, this is probably one of the advantages of uh, being, uh, having a, a huge corporation is because we can really work on that. We can implement these standards and we can make sure they are, they are in there and uh, through audits. Uh, however, we also need to continue to adapt these standards to per brand or per segment. Mm -hmm. uh, don't expect the customer going to a raffle hotel to expect exactly the same type of service or uh, facing the same constraint with regards to sanitation, hygiene, or this social distancing uh, in the same way that he would in an Ibis, for example. So we are really having a core, the core uh, process, which will probably represent 70 to 75% if I had to put an amount, which will be common to other hotels, and maybe another 25% which will be adapted per, uh, per brand, per uh, level, per segment level, per level of luxury, without forgetting, of course, that we have to take into consideration specific uh, requests which will be asked by governments, uh, which will have to be respected also. The, um, yeah, no, that, I, I, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about how much the Accor brand um, as a function of this is going to permeate, and is it a corporate vision um, from Paris or, or from or from from from, from um, Sebastian Bazin to to take Accor and drive the identity of Accor as much into Sofitel, into Ibis, into Fairmont, into Raffles, into One Fine Stay, into Joe and Joe, into whichever of the brands. So, from a consumer point of view, there's incremental trust. Oh, definitely. I think uh, I can I can speak on 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 behalf of uh, of Sebastian what he has not said, but uh, I, I, what is being prepared today is really a global approach. It's a global approach across all our brands, all our five thousand hotels, on how we can protect our customers. Right. This is definitely uh, what is happening. But of course, with local adaptation. Right. If you look at uh, uh, using local auditors, for example. Uh, we might uh, have a Singaporean auditors in Singapore, for example, right? It's a better to say now, but we'll have some adaptation. But yes, this is very, very firmly driven from the top. Uh, and uh, the standards will be across all the hotels, all regions. Uh, and our employees and our customers, mostly our customers, we expect to be treated in the same way in every single country that they are going to visit. We spoke earlier about technology post-virus. We, we, we in... Um and uh, uh, at Quo have been talking a lot about the um, change between what we're calling analog or the ancient, um, the, the ancient world pre-virus and the new world. And we're talking a lot about how technology is going to, in its most simplistic form and in a more complex way, actually drive a lot more of the business. Um, how much do you see in your region and across the Aqua network technology 
becoming even more critical or even more persuasive than it was in the past? Look, I, I am lucky uh, in, the, in the way that in my region, I cover very extreme, uh, I would say, uh, culture and uh, level of development. If I look at Korea and Japan on one hand, I look at Laos and Myanmar on the other, all right? So I'm actually amazed. Uh, obviously, today when we want to do uh, before the crisis, I would say definitely Korea is one of the countries where technology has been used the most. We have been the most active in doing promotions through mobile, for example, devices, and very successful at it. Uh, but I'm actually amazed at the speed of the progress of the use of, uh, of uh, technology and devices in Vietnam, for example. I think the level of uh, the level of uh, of, of uh, presence uh, and use of uh, devices in Vietnam is actually quite astounding. Also, right? So. I have no doubt that, the, uh, and, and even if you look at, if I go to Myanmar today, and uh, of course we have, you know, a, lot, a few thousand employees uh, in Myanmar also, and I look at the way our, our employees are behaving, and I know Myanmar because I've been in this country for 20 years, and I see today how social media are being used, you know, so they, I have no, there's no doubt that the human race is, is really adapting so fast to technology. But yes, I believe this crisis will accelerate, will, move, will create a movement, an acceleration on how to use technology uh, in, in, in many ways. Um, uh, I, if I can give you some, some, some example on that, I think the most important for a hotel company is how we can keep close and in touch with our, with our customer using technology in the most efficient way. It's true that today the behavior is changing very fast and I believe uh, we have seen an enormous progress of uh, distribution online uh, agencies and online uh, bookings in the past few years. Uh, today, we are already above 50%. Uh, and today, the segmentation of our customers is totally changed because of that, right? So we will continue to be relevant on that. And Accor has invested and continue investing enormous amount of money on our platform to be relevant, to be efficient. And I think we'll continue doing that. And I think all the new offer will be coming out in the next few weeks, next few months, will very heavily uh, go through uh, our own platform, uh, our mobile device app also. And uh, we, we continue thinking and we continue adapting. And I was talking earlier of the uh, disrupting. We are also looking at new solutions that we can adapt also together with tech through technology in our hotel to be more relevant, to be more efficient and to uh, continue being at the forefront uh, in terms of presence in the mind of the customers around the world. Patrick Basset, uh, Chief Operating Officer of Accor in, North, in Northeast and Southeast Asia. Thank you so much for being our guest on the future of travel. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you. Very happy to be uh, answering your questions. And thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much.